What is up, bros? I'm Caleb. And I'm Rose, a.k.a. Jonathan. <laughs> Considering that everyone that comes on this po- sorry, everyone that comes on this podcast like still calls me Rose, like they don't call me Jonathan or anything. So like, yeah, I don't think like a single person's doesn't... ever called you. <laughs> Jonathan. Yeah, no, no. See, even when Caleb says it, it's weird. I don't like it. Like, if he ever calls me Jonathan or John or anything like that, I know something's wrong. Yeah, no joke. That that, that yeah, yeah. Like the closest uh, I get is calling you Johnny Rose. Yep. But even that then, better I be only the do... closest you ever get. I know. The only time I ever like, I even the only time I ever even say that is extremely rare. <laughs> like it's true. Yeah, that's like when I'm talking to like a complete stranger. I'm like, oh, my buddy Johnny Rose. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you ever hear uh, Caleb refer to me as Jonathan, just know that he's being held against his will. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, we got a new intro. <laughs> Do yeah. So we are on a we're missing something. We're whatever. I was gonna say he already fucked it up. <laughs> I know. I, I I'm jacked sorry. It up that real was bad. Mean. That was mean. I'm sorry. We, I'm adding some. I'm adding some stuff. I I don't like. God damn it, Caleb. I know, I know, I know. We are a couple bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. <laughs> this okay. week, okay, yeah, I like it. A little bit better. A little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. It's like once you start, it's like once you start like reading it, like we always need to do, I feel like we need to do a dry run on these occasionally because. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, that's our new intro for those of you wondering if you're uh, new to this podcast. If you you were really worried about when we were going to come up with a new intro, don't worry. Your problem has been solved. Faith has been restored and you can go back to living your normal life. Yeah, we started, uh, or we got online to start recording at like 8, 10-ish, and now it's 9.30, so it took us about an hour and a half to get, to figure our shit out. Yup. <laughs> oh, anyway, this week on the podcast, we have absolutely nothing to talk about other than our breakdown of the unbearable weight of massive talent. So, with that, I guess you want to get straight into it? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I don't know why I paused. Sorry. Every day, we're surrounded by media. Books, movies, art, music, games, apps, podcasts, etc., etc. With this constant bombardment, It's easy to miss great media gems in the chaos. But fret not, you've come to the right place, my friend. I'm Jason, and I love media. I invite you to check out the Mixed Media Forest podcast, the podcast where I trudge through the forests of media to find hidden gems for you, the listener. Every episode of Mixed Media Forest is chock full of fun, reviews, nostalgia, positivity, news, rants, stories, and recommendations 
about all things media. Again, that's the Mixed Media Forest podcast, created on Anchor Podcasting app and available everywhere fine podcasts can be found. Give it a listen. It's what all the cool kids are doing. Alrighty. Like I said, we're getting straight into our our breakdown. Um, So, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we score... Shit. Freaking killing it today. Good lord. Um... I know I, I was ty- I'm typing something out and it's like just screw <laughs> like I can't type and talk at the same time. <sighs> All right. Rewind. We have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to an f- a Oh my gosh, today's going to be a struggle, dude. To come to a final All Bros Glenn, folks. Yeah, no joke. A final All Bros Letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal grade at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up in our algorithm and spit out a letter grade for us to compare this movie to others. So, with that, if you have not seen The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent... You do not want to spoil this for yourself, so go check this movie out. We have friends from the Inner Circle Podcast Network, shout out to you you guys, that actually worked on this movie, so go show your support. But anyway, Rose is about to spoil the entire freaking thing for you if you have not seen it. This is your warning, and if you listen past this point and the movie gets spoiled for you, it's your own fault. Yeah. All right. Hollywood actor Nicolas Cage is struggling with his career after being passed over for several major film roles and is constantly pestered and tormented by Nikki, who appears to him as his younger and more successful self. His relationship with his ex-wife Olivia and daughter Addie is also marred by years of emotional neglect. Following an embarrassing and humiliating event at Addie's birthday party and losing a key film role, Cage plans to retire from acting. He decides to accept a vague offer of $1 million from his agent Richard Fink that involves going to Morocco. Not not Morocco. Oh my god. Do you know how to pronounce that? I can't <laughs> see what you're talking about. Oh, I thought you had it pulled up, you bastard. Uh, no, I, I don't. One uh, sec. I'm just kidding. Let me get there. I, I, I mean, I could spell it out for you if you want me to. Hold up. Uh, that I do not know how to pronounce. Majorca? Majorca? It's probably Majorca. Yeah, it's probably that's it. Majorca. Wow, Jonathan. <laughs> Involves going to Majorca to meet billionaire playboy. It's it's Javi, right? That's Javi, how you pronounce yes. his name? Javi Gutierrez. And to be Gutierrez. the guest of honor. Gutierrez, thank you. <laughs> and to be the guests of honor at his birthday. Upon meeting Javi, Cage is initially annoyed by his neediness and insistence that they create an imp- 
improvisational movie based on a script he wrote, but is soon inspired by Javi's determination, and the two of them quickly bond over their surprisingly shared love of films, such as The Cabinet of Dr. Calgary, Calgary, Caligari, and Caligari, God damn it, Caligari, yeah, I shouldn't, yeah, because the daughter calls it Calamari, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny, uh, and Paddington 2, the latter of which Cage watches for the first time with Javi. Soon at, okay, can we, I, I just have to talk about, um, cause they don't mention the scene, but the funniest scene to me in this movie, cause I was laughing my ass off when, um, uh, Ike Barinholtz and, uh, Tiffany Haddish are like talking about like when she first sees Nicolas Cage and when she takes it, cause she goes and takes a selfie with him while they're, while she's in the lobby with him. And they're like talking about some of the movies that he's in. And she's just like, Oh yeah, I watched like the Croods too with my nephew a couple, a uh, couple weeks ago. He really loved it. And you know, yada, yada, yada. And she asks like Ike Barinholtz, she's just like, have you seen the Croods too? He's just like, I'm 44 years old. Why the fuck would I watch the Croods too? <laughs> Hey, I don't I'm know a grown why that man, made me and laugh. I loved so, the Croods too. <laughs> I did too, but I don't know why that made me laugh so freaking hard. That probably was my favorite joke in the whole movie. <laughs> Dude, they have a lot of gems uh, in this. They really did. Um, I love how we're not even five minutes in, and I've already said the F word twice. <laughs> uh, I think that's a new record for me. Uh, uh, so, okay, so they watch, so they, uh, okay. Okay, okay, I'm gonna, okay, here we go. <laughs> Both Caleb and I are really killing this episode. Upon meeting Javi, Cage is initially annoyed by his neediness and insistence that they create an improvisational movie based on a script he wrote, but is soon inspired by Javi's determination, and the two of them quickly bond over their surprisingly shared love of films such as The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and Paddington 2, the latter of which Cage watches for the first time with Javi. Soon after, Cage is confronted by CIA agents Vivian and Martin, who uh, I just mentioned being Ike Barinholtz and Tiffany Haddish, uh, they suspect that Javi, who they claim made his fortune through arms dealing, is behind the kidnapping of Maria, the daughter of a Cat- Cat- Catalan anti-crime politician, with the hope that he will drop out of an um, up- upcoming election. This Despite is our favorite ins- segment, just so you know, reading yeah, with Rose. Yeah, yeah reading with Rose. <laughs> Despite his insistence, otherwise, Cage decides to help the CIA with the mission. After successfully rigging the cameras in Javi's compound, Cage attends a party where he announces his collaboration with Javi on a new movie as an excuse to stay on the compound long enough to find Maria. After a misadventure involving LSD, Cage discovers that that Javi keeps a shrine room dedicated to all of his movies, including a wax figure of his character, Castor Troy, from the film Face Off, complete with identical golden guns. Cage finds it difficult to betray betray Javi, but Vivian convinces him to work the kidnapping into their script so that he could potentially reveal where Maria is. Cage explains Cage explains his new idea to Javi, who believes that Cage is crea- creatively bank creatively bankrupt and possibly has issues that he needs to work out. Javi brings Olivia and Addie to his villa from Los Angeles. 
where they are frightened and angered over what is happening. Cage tries to make amends with them, but they reject his appeal and accuse him of prioritizing his film career over his family. Javi privately goes to meet with his cousin Lucas, who is revealed to be the true arms dealer and the one who kidnapped Maria. Lucas warns him that Cage is working with the CIA and pressures him to kill Cage or else Lucas will kill Javi. Cage begins to rethink his friendship. Cage and Javi have a standoff with each other, but neither can bring themselves to kill the other. Lucas sends his men after both of them, and they race back to the house to discover that Addie has been kidnapped. Cage takes Javi, Olivia, and Javi's assistant, Gabriella, to the CIA safe house, only for the house to have been compromised. Martin has been killed, while Vivian sacrifices herself to kill Lucas's men before they can ambush the group. With Javi's help, Cage and Olivia pose as a, rel- a reclu- reclusive criminal couple to get close to Lucas. They manage to locate Addie and Maria, but are found out. Are, but are found out. However, Cage, Addie, Maria, and Olivia escape, while Javi and Gabriella stay. Gabrielle stay behind to distract Lucas. Cage, Addie, and Olivia, and Maria race to the American embassy with Lucas still in pursuit. Upon arrival, Lucas holds Cage at gunpoint, but Addie tosses him a knife, which Cage uses to kill him. Transitioning into the movie that Cage and Javi completed, presumably based on their adventure. Cage is applauded for his new film and congratulates Javi before going home with his family to watch Paddington 2, now with a better relationship. That, like, tripped me the hell out when it, like, switched to... I'm like, wait, what What the hell just happened? Dude, which is no real. No joke. No freaking joke. When they made that switch and, like, uh, the fake Addy comes, like, running to, like, Nick, I was just like, wait, who, who the hell? <laughs> who the hell is and that? And also, yeah. And yeah, then you see, uh, see fake Olivia running, and it's like Demi Moore. I'm just like, wait, who the shit are these people? <laughs> and I'm like, I, dude, I was going to, I'm like, dude, they freaking screwed the pooch on freaking everything. I'm like, they're using different Jeeps, different locations. Like, they freaking messed up bad. <laughs> and then it, like, pulled out into, like, so you could see that it was the movie. And I was just like, oh, damn. They got me. They dude, bamboozled they, me. They oh no joke, dude. They bamboozled me hard. I was just like the, the fact alive. that like freaking when the one the fake daughter's like running to her and she's just like, Daddy, I'm like, oh, okay, no. His daughter would not be saying that to him right now. Yeah. Dude, for whatever reason, I thought like when she initial when the the movie version ran up to him, I was just like, wait, why is the the other kidnapped girl running up to him, <laughs> and then I like real like it took me a second to realize like oh wait that's not her and then <laughs> like freaking Demi Moore and like I caught myself being like wait this where'd she come from <laughs> what is going on what's happening <laughs> everything I know is a lie dude it was freaking weird it was. But cool, yeah. It was it was really cool. This movie yeah, is ha- trippy as hell. It is because like freaking when uh, Javi and uh, what's her name stay behind, uh, Gabriella. I'm just like f-, f. He's gonna he's he's gonna die, isn't he? He's he's gonna die. And then when he gets shot, I'm like f. Fuck. But then it just <laughs> turned out, you know that, that 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 that's how the movie was played out. Yeah, son of a bitch. Oh man. Dude, that 
So just starting off with with story, because that's what we're scoring right now. This story was intriguing as hell from beginning to end. Yeah, it really was. I <laughs> I love how they say like, oh, he uh, Nicholas Cage plays a fictionalized version of himself. Um. Dude, right. this could have happened to Nicolas Cage. Like, if you were to say based off a true story, I would have totally believed it. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, at least, like, the beginning with with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that that's honestly, I could have expected it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I could have believed that. Because freaking, when he's talking to uh, freaking David Gordon Green about a, a role, I'm like, no freaking way. Because, like, uh... When when he came into screen, I'm just like, can we just have it to where um, if if they really wanted to piss off fans and Halloween ends, when Michael Myers is unmasked, it turns out it's Nicolas Cage. Holy shit, that'd be <laughs> hilarious. It'd piss um, off so many people. But so who's funny. who? I I'm not familiar with David Gordon Green. Who who is that? So he's the so I don't know what else he's directed, but he is the director of all of the uh, Blumhouse Halloween movies. So Halloween, Halloween Kills, and that, and then the upcoming Halloween ends. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so I didn't catch that. That's kind of funny. Oh yeah, you're good. Like it's it's interesting that they pulled in like a lot of like actual. Well, I guess they didn't when you really think about it. I was going to say like actual people, but I mean the only real one would have been him, right? Like, I don't think yeah, they pulled think, in any yeah. other people to play themselves. Yeah, because Neil Patrick Harris wasn't playing himself. Yeah, that because he was like my first, like the first one that came to mind. But I'm like, oh wait, he's playing his agent. He's not playing Neil God, Patrick Harris. You haven't seen any of the Harold and Kumar movies, have you? Uh, no, no, I have not. God. So Neil Patrick Harris plays himself in those. I would have loved if he could take the way that he plays himself in that. And bring transition into these this movie that would have been freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh man, dude! This, if you want some yeah. good stoner movies? I recommend those. Yeah, dude, this was a freaking good stoner movie. <laughs> it was like right. for for a way like I loved that how meta this movie got when it was when they were on freaking acid. <laughs> <laughs> And they're talking about, oh, like, what if, what, if, what if it's just this, our relationship and how it starts and every, like, I'm like, dude, what? And I, like, and that's kind of something that pissed me off at the end when it turned out to, like, be a movie. It pissed me off because I called it from, from that point, like, from when they started talking about, like, the meta part of this movie and how they're like, Oh, what if it's a movie about this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, they're going to end this and it's going to be like pull out and it's going to be like the screen of the movie, like yeah. ending and, and all that fun, fun shit. And <laughs> I was absolutely right, but I still yeah. got fooled. <laughs> uh, Dude, all because I and this goes with like acting, but freaking, I want to see Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal in another movie together. I freaking loved these two together. Oh my gosh! I, and with their chemistry alone, dude, like so freaking good. So yeah, so great. Uh, dude, especially freaking uh, the whole like when they're trying to escape from the two people that they think are watching them, 
and them going over the freaking wall and literally Pedro Pascal just being like, no, just let me go. Go live your life. Because <laughs> he can't pull his ass up. Man. Dude, I wish they didn't spoil that in the trailers. See, I don't even remember any of the trailers. Like, literally nothing. So I literally oh. went into this movie with, like, a fresh, fresh eyes, and I'm so happy I did. Dude. Freaking lucky. I I was so, bu- like, bummed out. Like, w- when that scene was happening, it was hilarious. But it's also, I, I went into it knowing that that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And so. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that, yeah, that's such damn. a great joke. I need to I need to learn to restrain myself with with movies and trailers because I I overdo it. Dude, you both. Dude, same here. Because yeah, whenever they like post like a new TV spot for it, like coming out, like if it's like a week or two away, I'm like, uh, I don't. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna watch it, and then it yeah, like it just I'm keeps giving away scenes. I'm such a TV spot whore. <laughs> same. Like, I always, like, give myself that talk, like, you don't need to watch that. You don't need to watch that. And then as soon as it comes out, I'm like, ah, give it to me. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm I'm bummed out that that, that joke was spoiled for me because it was, like, perfect. And we'll be talking about all that stuff in, when it comes to writing. But the story overall was was fairly good. I think the only part that like didn't really work out for me is when they were having the talk with his family. That yeah, that's fair. Honestly, I don't I wasn't the biggest fan of the whole like drug lord kind of thing. Like that that whole part of the story I could have done without. I get it they had to have it to, you know, actually make a comprehensive story and tie this all together. But I don't know. I could have done without it. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> Funny enough, it's what they they talked about. Like you kind of have something, you kind of need something to drive the plot in a character driven uh, movie like this. Yeah, and true. yeah, which is <laughs> so funny to think about. Like you just kind of get all these like hints as to how the how the movie or the issues that they had with the movie, like based on how. It went. It basically spoiled itself for you. <laughs> it seriously did. Um. But yeah. Um. Other than like the discussion with the family, I fe- think the pacing was really was really good. It, yeah, especially at the beginning. The I mean, the first like thirty minutes are my well, no. Never mind. I lied. I was gonna say, oh yeah, that's my favorite part. But no, like literally as. Pascal and Cage's relationship just goes on and on. It gets better, so I can't say that. Yeah, the I'll say this too. The only thing at the beginning that really didn't work for me was when he went to the birthday party. I felt that felt very odd. I think that was kind of the point. The yeah. fact that like oh he sh- like he he shows up late and then he even he even takes a phone call for work as his ex wife walks in she's like unbelievable are you freaking kidding me and then of course you know he's drunk at that point because he doesn't get the gig so he drinks a bunch and then he basically crashes the party while performing a song that he wrote for his daughter over the years that he wanted to play when she was sixteen so I I think it was supposed to be awkward that's fair I'll give you that. Um, 
Yeah, really, really loved that. Like, it loved everything. Um, yeah. Everything else. That, like, just th- that you. scene didn't necessarily work for me. And then it, the scene with the the family when they were in Spain. Yeah, they, they were all just sitting at the table. Yeah, that didn't necessarily work for me either. Um, everything else Fair. with the family, I, I think they did pretty well with and keeping it like keeping the flow going it's just those two scenes is where it kind of slowed down a bit where i think that That's was fair. a little struggle um i can get that but yeah the rest of the story i had close to no problems with speaking of what like goes on in the movie when pedro pascal or oh my god i should probably start calling him by his name hobby um, ask Nicolas Cage, what is your favorite movie? Have you ever thought of that? Do you actually have a favorite movie of all time? Like, nothing could, like, honestly ever replace it. Ooh. That's a tough one. Like, I wouldn't say it's an impossible thing to answer, like Nicolas Cage did. Yeah. Um... Like, I have go-to movies for um, different situations and circumstances. Like, when, like uh, the movie like that I choose... Talks about. Yeah, like, the, the movie that I go to when I'm sick versus the one that I go to when I'm just, like, in a, like a decent mood are, are two wildly different movies. Okay. But... For movies that I can just sit down and enjoy the hell out of. Jeez, that one's hard. It really is. Honestly, I think it has to be The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I loved that movie. Okay. It's just... It's so good. And, like, you can... I love... Like, I think I've talked about this before... Being, like going in and listening to different shows and perspectives about that movie and being able to go and rewatch that movie through that filter. It's kind of like the matrix uh, or at least how right. DJ was explaining the matrix to, to us. Like you can go in like beforehand and be like, okay, I'm going to watch it through this filter where watching it. Like it's a uh, like religious movie or whatever. It's kind of like that, but it's just like with Buster Scruggs, and I I love that that movie. I I rewatched it recently, and I got just enthralled by it again. I okay, I love it. Um, I love that. After that, it's probably Endgame because I still haven't watched that movie without crying. I mean, same. And then, funny enough, probably the curious case of benjamin button i've never seen that that's a great movie (laughs) that's what i've heard (laughs) i really need to sit down and watch it because that's what brad pitt right yep okay dude it is it is weird but i loved it (laughs) so weird but in a good way yeah okay cool good um what about you? What where do you have like a favorite or? Uh, 
you know, it honestly has been my favorite since I started like getting into the franchise in junior high. Because when the video game, I mean, it, okay, favorite movie, it's never going to change. Like, honestly, I don't think I ever will when I get older. It's the original Ghostbusters. I could watch that movie a million times and never get bored of it. Um, just the comedy, the the actor, the four Ghostbusters, the special effects that hold up. It's just, to, to me, it's a perfect movie. It has everything that I'd want in a movie. Um, and... Since the time that I got into Ghostbusters, which was which was in junior high when the video game was coming out, that's when I really started getting interested in it. Um, yeah, like honestly, it's been my favorite movie since since I was in junior high. Um, I don't know about two and three. That's like really hard. Um, yeah, it can get really tough because it's just like. That's when it starts getting into, like, the, oh, different situations. You know what, actually? I don't know if I put it at two or three. I just love this movie. So I could, like, I, I honestly go to it whenever I'm, like, in a in a sad mood. A dep- I guess sad. Dep- I don't know. Would you link your sad and depressed moods into the same, or would you say that those are two different moods? Nah, they're kind of the same. Okay. At least to me. <laughs> Okay, no, that's fair. So say like you know, like I'm depressed slash sad, or I'm happy. You know, anything that this is like a movie that I can go to for like all of it. The Edge of Seventeen. That's a that's a good one. I don't. Yeah, I just love that movie. Um, so I don't know if I would put that at two or three. Actually, I might be number. We're gonna say three. Um, and then I don't know what my number two would be. I might uh, maybe the first Avengers, just for how mu- how like monumental that movie was, and just how for how special it is. Like no no like I know Avengers Endgame was a cinematic moment, but seeing the original six Avengers assemble for the first time and the way they were able to pull it off, I'm still in awe every single time I watch that movie. Yeah, that's a great one. So, uh, anyway, getting back into unbearable weight of massive talent. <laughs> hey, it was relevant to no, it. it. It was, it was. It, it's just, it's a, it. I think it's a super difficult question to answer if you're, if you're big into movies. If you're not like super like into movies, I think it's like a pretty easy question. Like, oh, it's this one, but. If you're, like, really into cinema, I think that question can get really difficult. Because, like, like us, it's just, well, depending on what mood I'm in, kind of dictates what I'm going to watch. Like, I don't always want to watch my favorite movie of all time. But, like, like, for me, if I, if when I'm sick, I get into, like, a real, like, clingy like lovey-dovey mood so all i want to watch are like rom-coms love it like and i I know i've said this before and like whatever like i I don't give a shit um whenever i'm sick depend like if i'm like really sick like i'm down like stuck in bed sick the only movie that i want to watch is the notebook 
and there is, and I like I can Freaking watch that and it. just cr- like at the, the every single time like that's another one like I watched it the first couple times when I was like super sick and uh didn't really feel anything then I got married and then it <laughs> just it just hits different <laughs> so yeah I I lo- like it's just for me there's nothing that quite brings out that that level of feeling out like it, nothing that brings that out of me like movies do I agree but so yeah um by getting back into this movie I had a much better time with this than I I thought I was going to yeah, I, I, I agree. Like, honest, like, I don't know, like, considering that I forgot most of the trailers, literally, I came into this movie just being like, oh, hey, you know, it's Nick Cage playing Nick Cage with Tiffany Haddish and Pedro Pascal. I can't really, I don't even know where this movie's going to go. And I really enjoyed where it went. Yeah, it, it, it does a really good job. And I don't know if this is, like, intentional or anything. It kind of makes me want to go and uh, rewatch face off and con air <laughs> i've never seen face off so i really want to watch face off now face off is good it, it that's what John i really like right yes okay um i think recently uh nicholas cage did a ask me anything deal on on reddit and someone yeah wrote in and said mr travolta like how 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 has your career changed since swapping faces with nicholas cage (laughs) (laughs) i think he answered the question like any other question he's just like oh it's been great (laughs) oh okay okay. that's so yeah but great movie if you ever get the chance to to watch it um i don't know uh that i don't know uh same thing with con air i don't know if uh if con air is on streaming either and i don't know if i've ever fully watched that one i might have anyway um ah what was i getting at yeah getting back into the story i had a great time with it like a really good time um, kept me engaged. It was interesting as all hell. It it had like the issues that like it's 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 kind of funny that they were discussing this like when they were shooting and talking about like oh like adding the kidnapping to the script and the issues that Pedro Pascal was bringing up and being like oh so you're just gonna turn it into a blockbuster. And it's like, yeah, well, we need like we need something to draw people in, and he was getting irritated with that. And it's just like, I wonder if that's like a an issue they had with making this movie. Like, do they need yeah, to throw in that action y blockbuster shit so they could have a trailer moment? Like, what was the deal with that? Like, it's just it brought up in- interesting questions for me. It's always funny when the the term trailer moment to me just because 
like thinking back of like on- shots that were only in the trailer, like especially in Avengers: Infinity War, that oh, group shot of all them, <laughs> all them running in Wakanda, and you know the Hulk actually being Hulk. Sorry, man. I know. I told you not to get me started. <laughs> it's my job. Anyway, I thought it, the story was really well done. It made sense to a certain point, and it's the only point that it, where where it stopped making sense was freaking Nick Cage being in like a like the hero of the story. Fair. Yeah, um, but Nick Cage is a freaking legend. I know. He, he is. He totally is. But still, I don't think in a real world scenario he would have done any of that. <laughs> I mean, you never know. I know. Like, I'm like, is he crazy enough? Like, just crazy enough to pull that off? <laughs> he listens to this. I'll show them. Yeah, I know, right? That'd be just scary. you wait and see. Um, jeez. Honestly, setting my own personal bias aside, which I always try to do when scoring, I think if I was, like, being biased at all, I would probably be in, like, the high 80s. But getting rid of that stuff, I think I'm in the 90s. I'm still in the high 80s. This yeah. Is me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to be at like a, a 92. I think it was just really well done and the the issues that I had were so small. But yeah. I'm going to go I'm just going to go slightly below you. I'm going to go an 89. All right. Well, that averages out to a 90.5. All right, next up we got writing. This was really well written. Yeah, like whoever wrote the screenplay and screenplay script, everything. Yeah, y'all know how to write some jokes, some really good jokes. Yeah, well, it was written by the by the director with help from um, another guy that used to write for um, David Letterman. Okay, yeah, that explains why it's so funny. Yeah, so I, I think they did a, a a tremendous job. With this, like, there was no dialogue that I felt was awkward, which is real says a lot considering that there was a a young teenager in this. I think she was a young teenager, yeah. wasn't? Was she sixteen? Okay. Yep. Yeah. So considering there was a young teen in here and pulling the whole like, oh, I'm embarrassed by dad trope. It didn't feel awkward at all. Like there was nothing no, about this that felt awkward. I was impressed th- that it did not come across cross as annoying. Like you completely understood where she was coming from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I thought maybe with that, maybe um Nicholas Cage was gonna come off as like awkward or annoying. But I think part of that is can be contributed to his acting ability. And just being able to pull shit like that off. Fair. Um, I think the jokes were re- really well written. Um, like I said earlier, honestly, my favorite bit joke. of writing. What? 
Like I said, uh, that crude's that crude's two joke. Oh yeah. Um, a couple of my favorite moments, or just like the dialogue, was when they were on LSD. And they were talking yes. about the movie, and like they're talking about, oh, like a paranoid thriller, and they're like, like those guys, like they're watching us or something like that. And then <laughs> freaking off, he's like, "Yo, are they watching us?" And he's like, "I don't know, are they?" And he like looks over, and they look at him, and he's like, "Oh my, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, they're looking at us. <laughs> like <laughs> just like I said, just abs- an absurd situation, but it's so funny." It is so freaking funny. So that scene was one of my favorites. And my second favorite was when um, they went into uh, Javi's basically shrine of Nicolas Cage. And he like looks at that statue and he's like, it's grotesque. Like, I'll give you $20,000 for it. <laughs> how much did he pay? Like six grand for it? Yep. <laughs> Oh, but I I love that he had, like, it it kind of brought, like, the real world into it a little bit, where the pillow with the, the, I don't know, like, a mermaid pillow, where you can, like, swipe it and it shows a picture. When you swipe, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he's just like, this is haunting, and then, like, covers over it, and then Javi's in the back, and he, like fixes it so you can see Nicolas Cage's face again. Dude, I thought that was so funny. This is something that I I wish um our buddy from uh Failing Hollywood would have joined us today. Like I just didn't hear back and I didn't want to be like a bother cuz he's he was saying that he was working on some stuff and he's like I might not ha- be available and or whatever and so I didn't want to be a bother and like hit him up again but i i no, wish I, I wish that he was on here just to tell us whether or not he had anything to do with that shrine room <laughs> yeah that that yeah that would have been so cool if he did that oh my gosh that i would have loved to to listen it or just to hear about that stuff i might i might hit him up later and just be like yo <laughs> could you answer a couple questions i know we need like if, if we have time after we'll maybe come up with a couple questions that i can send him and be like hey <laughs> oh but i will fully admit the way that um Javi was uh like you know like fixing everything after cage touched it yeah i'd be that way if like anyone was like touching my john wayne gacy collection yeah no like, joke nope, it's like that a little too you you don't mess with a man's collection <laughs> yep. no you do not oh um yeah so where are you at with writing uh, I'm honestly higher uh, than the story with writing, so I would actually give writing the same score that you gave story. 92. I'm with you. I'm a little bit higher. Um, I think the only writing issues that I had were th- stuff with um, the CIA agents. See, I actually really liked all their writing. Did you? Yeah, I... 
I don't know. I, I loved all the jokes from Baron Holtz and Haddish and just, yeah, I really liked their writing actually. Baron, Baron Holtz was written like an asshole and I loved it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, go, I'm not going too much higher than my story. I think it was definitely better than the, the, the story overall. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just going maybe one above. So I'm, I'm sitting at a 93. Nice. Uh, which will average us out to a 92.5 for writing. All right, next up we got acting. So the main duo for this are Nicolas Cage, who played himself, and a younger version of himself that was credited as Nicolas Coppola. I love it. Um, and then Pedro Pascal, who played Javi Gutierrez. So those are the main two. Um, some of the side characters include Tiffany Haddish, who played Vivian, a CIA agent. Uh, Sharon Horgan, who played Olivia, who was Nick Cage's ex-wife. Uh, Paco Leon, who played Lucas Gutierrez, who was Javi's cousin. Um, and then... Lily Sheen, who played Addie Cage, who's is uh, Nicolas Cage's daughter. Then everyone else was kind of side character. Yeah. yeah. Like, any others that you'd include? Like, I know I missed um, Neil Patrick Harris and Gabriella. Uh, Did you miss Mike no, because I didn't feel like he had too much to do uh, other than like. That's fair. The few, like I think he was only in like three scenes, and then he was dead. True. <laughs> See, I, I would definitely group him in with the group of with like Neil Patrick Harris and stuff and such. Yeah, they're kind of like the third third wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Like I'd say, top billing was. Uh, Cage and Pascal, then like our second tier would be um, Vivian, Olivia, Lucas, and Addie. And then like third tier would be um, Neil Patrick and all those other extras. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. All right, let's go. Let's go top three with this one. Okay. I mean, I assume like our top twos are going to be either Identical. the exact same or like close to. Just flip-flopped. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel they're either the same or they're just flip-flopped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, number three would definitely be Tiffany Haddish. Um, I feel it's hard not to love this woman in anything she's in. She's amazing. She's hilarious, and she once again brought her acting chops and comedic chops to uh, this uh, this uh, side not side role but supporting role that she was given. But she she makes it her she makes it her own, and I I really enjoyed her performance. Uh, number two, I would actually give to Nicolas Cage. Ah, dude, our top three is exactly the same. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Don't get me wrong. Nicolas Cage is freaking amazing in this. He is so good playing himself. Um, 
yeah, he, he he's fantastic. But I'm sorry, he is beat out by Pedro Pascal for number one because oh my god, I loved this man in this movie. He <laughs> he was just oh my god, he was freaking hilarious. The the way that he was like fanboying over Nicolas Cage, just it, it was so great, so funny, and I I freaking loved his character, loved it. Dude, like you almost forget that he's like I like I don't know. Like I, I, I don't feel like this happens to me very often, but like I almost forget forget that he's acting and he's just like it just like the way that he's fanboying over Nicolas Cage, it's kinda like how any of us would act around our favorite actors. It's true. And yeah. he pulls that off so well. He really does. I mean, hell, I will fully admit, I would be geeking over Nicolas Cage for how much I love the the two uh, National uh, Treasure movies. Yeah. So, gosh, that I I don't feel like that happens very often, where we have like the exact same top three. No, that's like there's usually awesome. like a flip flop or or something. Yeah. But yeah, out of all of the the extras, Tiffany Haddish was was definitely the better um I th- i'd say a close number four would be uh sharon horgan who played olivia the ex-wife yeah i can, I can agree with that um i feel i actually might tie her and uh the daughter for fourth yeah that yeah that's about right like I started thinking about that as soon as I said it. I'm like, actually, right. like, eh. <laughs> like kind they're, of they, they're both they flip flop. It's, it's coin flip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, unfortunately, I think the weakest link for this was the the bad guy, Lucas. Yeah, it really was just a generic bad guy that I didn't give a shit about. Yeah slightly over the top acting it's just yeah. which is crazy to think about in regards to freaking nicholas cage like someone out overdid nicholas cage <laughs> and, and after, it didn't you know, work not out the beast scene i feel that, that, that's it's a hard thing to do yeah um overall i did really enjoy um everyone's performance um Nick, like no one freaking came close to Nicolas Cage or Pedro Pascal in this. No. Um, but see, all I the want to see another movie with those two together. Yeah, I really do. So I think everyone just kind of uh, everyone else was just a little basic. Eh, I can agree with that. So with that, I think I'm going to be in the high 80s. Just because. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think the Pedro and Nick and Cage for like alone, I think would be in the mid nineties and the extras would be in the low eighties. So that's kind of why I'm going. Yeah. I'm right 80s. in the middle. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go maybe 89. You know what? I'll match you with that. Hell yeah. Alrighty, moving on over to character development. 
Um, so this just kind of follows the story of Nicolas Cage, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think his it's just his development throughout. It is, and honestly, I don't know. I I feel it's a pretty decent character development. Like you, you see him start out with uh people telling him that oh he doesn't take like uh huge huge roles that will like really get his name out there. He mostly like sticks to like uh not smaller stuff but like stuff that like gives him one paycheck after another um and so when he finally sees a chance he takes it but unfortunately doesn't get it and so to to him this is like why even try at this point you know there i i he feels that he's done a lot for his career he's made the movies that he feels that he could actually make he can't really go anywhere from there so you know, he decides to retire from acting, but then events lead into that actually not happening. Um, you know, him uh, meeting Pedro Pascal's character, um, the storylines that storyline that happens with them, um, and just honestly, Pedro Pascal's character uh, re- revive not reviving, but. Um, maybe I would say reviving his love for the movies and how much he, why he loves being an actor. Um, and honestly, just, um, leading up to the ending to where he actually helps his buddy make, make, not only make the movie, but star in the movie that he wrote. Um, we assume it could, there could have been an, an actor change there. That is true. But I I do appreciate that in the end he decided to be in like a like not not student film but a uh like an indie yeah there we, yeah thank you yeah he decided to be an indie film which actually I mean Nicholas Cage is in a lot of indie films nowadays I feel he is yeah um so like freaking have you have you seen Maggie yet uh no I haven't. I've wanted to. I've heard it's amazing. I think that... Wait, is it called Maggie? I think there's one called Maggie, and then there's another one that I've heard of uh, that he was in recently called Pig. I think that's what I'm thinking of is Pig. Thinking Pig? Yeah. Okay. I hear it's basically John Wick with a pig. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm cool with uh, seeing Nicolas Cage step into a uh, Keanu Reeves role. <laughs> I'm down for that. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's interesting that you had such a high opinion of the character development cuz I feel this is where the movie actually suffers a little bit. Um I'm not saying it's great. No, but I no, feel no, no. for like, the movie it works. <laughs> I feel I might have talked it up a little too much. No, 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 no. What cuz I'll say this, the issues that I had with the um the character development come from his issues with his family or th- that he was having with his family was coming from him basically choosing his work over them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's where it was coming from. And then when he didn't get this like big blockbuster life changing role or whatever, it like put, sent him down like a spiral of, of depression um, and I will say that working with, uh, Javi, 
really like helped his character kind of overcome or not overcome just more recognize some of those issues that he was having um but it's just i don't think they they um they did too well on talking about the growth because like if you think about it he's having that like that dinner together and he's saying like hey um like i know you guys wouldn't want to keep me from pursuing my creative dreams and whatever and i wouldn't keep you from doing that and and for them that's like that's not the problem here the problem is that you're that you choose work over family like that's the problem and then also just kind of like he I think that like the other like side issue that they didn't really focus on too much was that his daughter Addie was trying to be someone other than what he imagined her to be. And so I think they addressed that really well that he was fine with her like sharing like her interests and love and and whatnot. Uh, like at the end when they're talking about Paddington 2 but I think it was just a little counterintuitive for them to be like oh he chooses work over family but then in the end he gets this big blockbuster movie the only difference is he chooses to go to uh to hang out with his family instead of going to like a Vanity Fair interview or whatever so yeah. I mean there's there's a little growth there and then there's like a little bit of growth with his daughter but you don't really see most of that cuz it's like hey we had this little moment of like hey I recognize what I'm doing is wrong or is hurting you like you get that like tiny little moment then it's like action 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 boom we're at a movie premiere and then moment with the family in in the living room and like that's kind of it yeah you got a point so i mean that's it doesn't bring it down too much because i mean i think they do enough where you can make that logical leap Mm -hmm. it's just i think they that they should have focused on one over the other like if if the issue was that he was choosing work over family, he I think he shouldn't. I think it would have been good for him to maybe recast himself in that situation. Okay. Like I think that would have been pretty trippy if it like if he like turned around, did the stab, and it was like someone else, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that that would have been super trippy. Yeah, and then it, it just then it would just be like Javi's the one that's like that he funded to help get this indie movie made and and whatever. So like I think that would have shown some some real growth from him. I would I would have freaking loved it if they Have you seen any of the Austin Powers movies? Um no. I've not been able to make make it through any of them. <laughs> Just not a fan of him. Just not a fan. It's no, just kind of it's um, way too over the top for me. <laughs> no, I get that. I 
I mean, I've only seen Goldmember. I haven't seen the other two. Um, I really need to sit down and watch them. But I love that at the end of Goldmember when they're like honestly like watching, actually like watching the movie uh, on the big screen, like it pulls out and freaking <laughs> like I love that. Tom, uh, what is it? Um, oh my god, who's playing? Um, I straight up just forgot his name. Is it Tom Cruise? Yeah, thank you. Freaking yeah, Tom Cruise. I don't know how I forgot that. Well, you yeah, you almost Tom said it. You I said did. Tom. Well, I, I was about. I was about to say Tom Hanks, and I'm just like, no, oh. it is not Tom Hanks that is nope. playing. Wrong one. But just yeah, like you get like Tom Hanks playing, not Tom Hanks. God damn it. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise playing Austin Powers, and you get like all these celebrities, uh, playing um these different characters. So I, I, I think that that would have been honestly funnier if they would have, uh, replaced Nicholas cage with someone else that looks, looks like him. Yeah. So I think that th- there was a slight miss opportunity there. Um, just to sh- uh, show us some, some personal growth with him. Cause with that, it's just like, okay, so he's still choosing his career. Yeah, exactly. Like, his career is still a priority to him, which is not a bad thing. It's just, with what we saw... I mean, it's okay if you're single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, duh. But what I'm getting at is, like, with that being a major conflict in the movie, it would have been nice to see him move away from that and maybe take a more producer route than anything. Uh, Agreed. Which, funny enough, he freaking produced this movie. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Freaking hilarious. Um, so that's why I it kind of drops down for me. Not a whole lot. Um, where are you at? I'm in like the. I'm not like in like the mid '80s, so I'm gonna go in '85. Okay, I'm I'm slightly lower, so I'm I'm at like the low 80s, um. So I think I'm going to go with an 81. All right. Uh, which will average like us it. average us out to an 83. Not bad. All right. Next up, we got effects, which I think there's only like one major effect in this, which was the de-aged Nicolas Cage, or Nicolas Capola. Yeah, Nicolas. I'm just going to say young Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that's all. That's what I'll say, too. He did not look very good. (laughs) Uh, Fair. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I really don't have any positive to say. I mean, he looked good enough. Like if you if you had to pause the movie, he looks pretty decent it's just something's yeah. off about him when he's in motion maybe it's just like they just squeeze his face in a little bit too much or something it felt like his mouth was smaller or just like all weirdly the, all the better for kissing himself oh my gosh dude that was so <laughs> weird <laughs> that you're was... telling me you've never wanted to make out with yourself absolutely never in my life have i thought about making out with myself yeah, me neither. <laughs> Who thinks about that? Oh, man. Look, all I'm saying is when you're lonely as fuck, 
<laughs> Your thoughts go places. You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> and now I'm going to shut up. Oh, man. Okay. Um, other than that, I guess, other than the, the not super great CGI um, Nicolas Cage or DH Nicolas Cage, um, everything else felt pretty decent. Um, yeah, no, the explosion looks, explosions look good. Yeah, all of that stuff looked good. The gunshots ended up looking pretty good. Um, Dude, freaking! I know this doesn't fall under effects, but freaking when they're like first on acid and they're driving in the car, Pedro Pascal deserves like a freaking award for the way he is able to do facial expressions. Because <laughs> oh my god, the way his how big his eyes were and his like smile just oh my god were just freaking amazing. I was laughing my ass off. Dude, Pedro Pascal is hilarious. He. He needs more work. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I know he's good in The Mandalorian, but, like, I want him to actually have, like, more actual, like, face stuff. Like, he actually gets to show his face. Dude, have you seen um, his lie detector test on YouTube? No, that sounds freaking hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. Like, someone... So one of the questions was like, hey, you frequently get called a daddy on social media and like on Twitter and Instagram. Like, do you consider yourself a daddy? And he's like, no, no, I don't. And then the person was like, that's a lie. And he's like, yeah, I absolutely do. (laughs) And then he started like. It is so freaking fun. I can't, I I I'll have to send you a link. It. I find so good. it so funny that literally it is impossible for anyone to say that word now without it being taken as sexually. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 not great. I think there's just a tone behind it too. Yeah. Like I've heard adults refer to their fathers as like a, like daddy. But and and then I've heard, and then like they've used that word towards like a significant other, and they're like, oh, and like there's just a different tone behind like, oh, it. Oh, daddy. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> it's just like a little bit more draw. Yeah, <laughs> on, that's fair. Like I don't know what it, it's either like an extended A or just like a like how hard you hit the, the like those double D's <laughs> in it. <laughs> it. Yeah, I know. It, you just there was, there was no other D. there was no other way for me to explain that. Like, forget you. God, God damn it! <laughs> oh shit! Whatever, forget you. Anyway, <laughs> um, all all of the special effects looked really good. Um, anything that was done practically looked. Look fairly decent. Um, cinematography overall, like I, I, I thought it was beautifully shot. Yes, absolutely agree. So I, I had close to no issues. I think the biggest thing to dock for is 
de-age Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah. That, that. You know, for some reason, uh, based on like that Steelbook, I straight up thought that there were, there was going to be like uh, an abundance of like younger Nicolas Cages. I don't know why. I know. I thought there was going to be more too. Like I was like, oh, cool. Like we get this de-aged, and then it was just like the same one. Yeah, I'm like that's lame. Like we couldn't was, get like a, a con air. <laughs> I don't know. I would. I I would have wanted a National Treasure, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> well, I think they were going for like the the prime time movie star Nicholas Cage, and so yeah, I that's think fair. I think National Treasure is just kind of like a little bit past his time as like big I blockbuster disagree. name. I know. Like I disagree too, but we're also. In our twenties, <laughs> that's true. God, imagine if they had him, uh, his uh, Johnny Blaze. Holy shit, dude! I would have lost my mind. That that would actually have been freaking cool. Like, dude, he's he's like freaking at the stoplight, and literally hit Johnny Blaze just comes riding up on his motorcycle. That would have been yeah. I would have lost my shit. <laughs> that would have been cool. That would have been so that cool. Been super, that would have been awesome. Oh. But yeah, not not too much to dock for there. I think I'm still in the 80s, maybe yeah, like the mid. Like, where where where? What are you thinking? I'm not like I'm. I'm gonna go one above my character development. I'm gonna go an 86. That's actually exactly where I was at too. So, hey, there we go. All right, next up we got music. Nothing special, honestly. Oh, honestly, I mean, don't get me wrong, the soundtrack worked for the movie, it did its job, but, like, I'm not remembering anything, like, stand out, standing out, not stand out. Yeah, the only, the only thing that's coming to mind, and that it's honestly just because um, I watched it earlier today, is the opera music that they had, um, when they were kind of doing that face-off in, in the compound. Oh, yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, that didn't... I mean, it like you said, it did its job. It wasn't yeah. anything too insane. Yeah. So, what are you uh, thinking? So I'm at, like, a six. Six? Yeah. That's about where I'm at, too. Sweet. Alrighty, moving on over to costumes. Um, I think they had a, a really wide variety of, of outfits for uh for Nicolas Cage here. Like they had the the robes, like the swim trunks, like just his his normal everyday clothes. Um, I thought it was freaking hilarious that they threw uh Pedro Pascal into his speedo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Other than that, nothing too crazy. Like they they fit. So I think I'm a little higher than music. Yeah, like a seven? Yeah. Yeah, same same here. I was trying like trying to think of a way to talk myself up to like an eight, but probably nothing not. like really like yeah, nothing like really drove home an eight for me. Yeah. All right, so we got a six for music and a seven for costumes. 
So last up, we got our own personal score. So you want to hit this one? I would love to. Um, so overall, like I said, I I straight up forgot like all the marketing for this movie, which I was very happy I did because I literally walked into this movie blind, and this is one of the best blind buys that I've ever done. I had a blast with this movie. Um, from start to finish, uh, Nicolas Cage is amazing in this movie, and Pedro Pascal is right up there with him, even actually a little better when it comes to performances in this movie. Um, but you can tell that these two had a great time working together. I, at least I think they did. I hope they did. I, I hope there wasn't any bantering behind the scenes, um, because I really want to see these two work together again. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I had a really good time with this movie. So... Um, I'm going to go on 86. That's not bad. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. This was a really good time. I didn't know what to fully expect from this movie. Um, I was expecting a lot more um, action than there was, but I was pleasantly surprised to see that it was just kind of a, more of an afterthought. Like, I know they threw in, like, a decent chunk near the end, but um, I thought there was going to be more throughout, and I'm gl- kind of glad there wasn't. Um, I really love character-driven movies, and this is exactly what that was. It's It was very character-driven. Um, like I stated, I, I had some issues with how they showed the development with uh, Cage's character, but... Overall, I think they did a really, really good job, and honestly, like the writing is some of the funniest stuff that I've ever seen, and like and heard. It's just the the instances are just so absurd and strange that they can only come from a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> um, so with that, I think I'm gonna go. Maybe it's just a tad higher than you. Uh, I think I'm going to go to an 88. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, so that will average us out to an 87 for our personal score. Which, that concludes this week's breakdown. And the so the final... Albro's letter grade for the unbearable weight of massive talent has come to a a B. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. It's a very solid B. So it's sitting at an 85.375%. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Like, honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if it went up a little bit higher. Like, if it would have been in the B-plus range. Um, but I think it's uh, it's earned where it's at. Um, yeah. So, sitting at an 85.375% puts it... Below the Sorcerer's Stone, or Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which is at an 85.43. 
Um, it puts it below Candyman 2021, which was at an 85.56. Um, it's below Cruella, which is at an 85.56 as well. Um, puts it below Onward, which is at an 85.67. And then finally puts it below Halloween Kills, which is at an 85.68. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, but going the opposite direction, it puts it above The Lion King, the remake, which Good. was at an 85.1. Puts it above the oath, which is at an eighty-five percent. Yeah, that's kind of funny. That's also a Tiffany Haddish movie. And Ike Barinholtz. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, puts it above the Matrix Resurrections, which is at an eighty-four point seven. Uh, puts it above Christopher Robin, which was at an eighty-four point five six. And then finally puts it above Avengers Age of Ultron, which is at an 84.37. Oh, that hurts. Honestly, doesn't hurt that bad. <laughs> at least not Damn. for me. That does hurt for me because I, I, I love Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, I mean, it's good and it's fun. It's just not my favorite Avengers movie. <laughs> oh, no, same same here. Um. But I still really enjoy it because you know it actually you know gives Hawkeye a uh, it actually gives Hawkeye character development so you know true true that um but honestly I think it has a pretty decent home agreed yeah I'm trying to think if there's like any one that I disagree with and I can't at least of the the ranking so far and I can't think of a single thing. So same here. Yeah. Well, well done. I'm sorry. I disagree with Age of Ultron, but you know, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's close. It's mm. actually a 1% difference exactly. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's 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 close, but like I said, it's a freaking percentage. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Anyway, um, so that will conclude this week's breakdown. Um, we hoped you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed the movie if you decided to watch it because of what we said. Um, and we hope you liked our new intro. Hopefully we can yeah. remember that that's there. <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, that will conclude this week's breakdown um next week we will be talking about thor 11 thunder which comes out this friday but i'm actually getting an early viewing to it tomorrow oh you son of a bitch yeah i'm seeing it at three. Oh, i hate you dude i'm so pumped i'm not, I'm not gonna be able to see it till monday oh really yeah oh well that sucks well, you guys can look forward to that next week, and I'm just going to say it, even if it doesn't happen, we will be joined by Vic, because <laughs> he is Damn. not missing this one. <laughs> he missed the past, like, what, three? 
MCU I'm still movies. not over that he yeah, I'm still not over that he missed No Way Home. Dude, right? What kind of bullshit is I, that? I, I feel when cuz you've heard that they're doing the more fun version of No Way Home, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I feel just so that can be on that one, we have to at least review like well, no, we can't really re because I don't know how yeah, much Yeah, we can't re review it. <laughs> Damn it. Well, did he wait? Did he review it on his podcast? Uh, no Way Home? Yeah. Pretty sure. Damn it. Damn it, Vic. Um, yeah, so he freaking well, yeah. missed out on. Actually, like, he hasn't been, like, been on an MCU one since Far From Home. Holy shit. Because he, he missed out on Black Widow, and that was our fault. Because we forgot to send out the invite. Yeah. Um, He was supposed to be on Shang-Chi, but wasn't able to make it, so he just sent in his scores. And the only reason I included yeah. him was because I needed the freaking tagline so, like, the logo made sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, he missed out on Eternals. Missed out on No, on, yeah, on no Way Home. Yeah, I'm still bugged. Oh, wait, was it No Way Home? Yeah, he missed wait, out on No Way Home. He did give you his scores, though. Right. So, I remember that. Wait, did he join us for Shang-Chi? I think he was, actually. I'm going to look real quick. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, where the hell is my Shang-Chi artwork? Dude, why am I having such a heart? Okay, maybe he was on that one. Maybe he okay. was on Shang-Chi. And then the the Spider-Man No Way Home I included because he sent in his scores. And then he wasn't on for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, so he better freaking be on Thor Love and Thunder. Did you already ask him to? Oh yeah, I told him. I I okay. sent him a message before we recorded. I'm like, hey, seven days until our no way or our love and thunder breakdown, and he started laughing. He's like, okay, <laughs> be there, be square. Yeah, so I'm sending him a reminder every single day because <laughs> last time he freaking forgot. <laughs> but yeah, we still have to go through and freaking score. Our um, oh, yeah, shit. MCU. I've been so bad. Anyway, about that. we'll get it. We'll get into that. Yeah. But yeah, so you guys can look forward to that next week. Um, and until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb, and I'm the one that doesn't skip over everything else. What? You like oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> If you like this episode and want to hear more of our stuff, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can listen to us basically uh, anywhere podcasts are available. You can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube, or you can follow us on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The All Bros. Or you can email us at channel at gmail.com, and you can hit us up if you have an episode idea, want to answer our question of the week, or if you want to join us for an episode. <laughs> or... You can f go to our one-stop shop of a website, which is tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros, where you can find links to everything that we do. Um, 
including uh, some merch that we offer. And I'm pretty sure that covers everything, right? Yeah, you know what? I just need so- to learn to keep my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> I should I should have just let him suffer. I would have, I would, if you would, if you, if you would have waited until we stopped recording, I would have recorded it myself. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, this way's funnier. So, yeah. So now <laughs> you guys can look forward to next week. And until then, this has been the Elbros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. <laughs> Catch you guys next week. Deuces. <laughs> So long. I can't do the freaking voice right now. I'm sorry.